Hey friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about four rhythms that help you reduce stress and anxiety and take charge of your emotional health. Rest, restore, connect, create. These ideas come from Rebecca's best-selling book, Rhythms of Renewal, trading stress and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose. So grab your copy, invite your friends, and let's live in rhythm. Welcome back. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Gabe. Happy December. December 1st. It's fun that December is here for all of us. I know you've, you've, you've been following our journey. Our Christmas tree's been up now for a couple of weeks, but it does feel like Christmas is upon us and Advent starts today. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, a little pause, a little moment with family, extra feasting. We definitely did a little bit of that. Uh, we were in Florida with all my family and extended family. We did get to Disney World with Joy, which was Wonderful. It was crowded, as you would expect, uh, and it was a little bit like swerving through a sea of ants to get on the rides. <laughs> well, we, we did make the mistake of her first Disney ride being Pirates of the Yeah, Caribbean. that was a terrible I choice. Know, I, it, it was, was just the way the kind of fast pass thing worked, and so we had yeah. to go there first. But she was scared to death. She's like, she, "Where am I? This she's is." She's like, not "I'm never. Co- I don't want. I don't want to be here." Place on Earth. <laughs> but when she got to it's a small world. Yeah, everything changed. We redeemed it. She was yeah. going nuts. <laughs> She wanted that a couple times, and the cousins were with her. So just even experiencing her first roller coaster with you was kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, we did Thunder Mountain Railroad, which was kind of like pushing it for sure with her. And she basically like— and Yes, I just held her close, and she was fine. Yeah. But that it. would be a scary ride. It was at yeah. night, too. So that was, I know. That's a little scarier. Yeah. But we had a great time, and it was just fun. We haven't 50th been there in anniversary. a while. and. It's Cade's favorite place, so he got to do the things he loves, and Pierce and Kennedy were with us, and we just had a great time getting to enjoy being together as a family um, and kicking off this season together. Yeah, so now that we're here into December, and Advent begins this week, as most of you know, um, and I just wanted to review the four themes of Advent that each week represents. So this week is the first week, and it represents hope. Next week will be week two, and that's peace. The third week is week three, and that's love. And the fourth week is joy leading up to Christmas. So I love that um, sometimes you do different Advent planners or journals or uh, studies, but on the church calendar, that's how it always has worked historically, that you've got these four themes, kicking off with hope, then peace, then love, and then ending with joy as we celebrate Christ's birth. And the reason we always remember that joy is the last week is that is December 19th is our anniversary that falls in that week, and that is also the same day that we said yes to adopting joy. So we always come back to that every year in that third week of December. But um, I hope that you guys are feeling some measure of hope because we all need that absolutely right now. Yeah, I think in a world where there's a lot of despair, and we talk about the implications of that all the time on this podcast, anxiety, depression, despair is something that sets in and can happen to any of us mentally when we start to take on too much. I know many writers historically have written about this, that it's so helpful to not put so much on you, to realize there is a God who wants to journey with you, who does bring hope. You don't have to bring it yourself. You can rely on Him to bring hope into your perspective. And when we start to take that focus off ourselves, put it on Him, that can lead to hope. And this week, that can just be a focus, something to meditate on, something to read Scripture around, something, as our friends do at She Reads Truth, you could focus on through the guides that they provide uh, through Advent. 
Yes, I love this verse in Romans 15. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's all these themes of Advent, and it's empowered by the Holy Spirit, which is wonderful because today we are having a conversation on the Holy Spirit with Jenny Cunyon. And I've been so excited about this conversation to share with you guys as we kick off Advent, because it is the Holy Spirit that gives us this hope, this peace, this love and joy as we walk through things that sometimes are hard, that are trials that feel like suffering. And as we all know, just because it's Christmas doesn't mean that like everything's shiny and happy. I mean, we right. we do our best to put our best foot forward, um, but it's still the Holy Spirit operating within us that gives us these promises of hope, peace, love, and joy. Yeah. Before we get to that conversation, I want to remind you as you're making your plans for Christmas, you're thinking through what are those unique gifts that you could give to someone. We've created some great specials in Rebecca's store at RebeccaLyons.com that include her books. It includes bundles of the books. We have a bundle that's all about the rhythms where you can get rhythms of renewal. You can get the daily planner. That's a 90-day planner and journal. And surrendered, yes. Yep. So you get the devotional with that. And then there's also the one that walks you through Rebecca's journey. So if you have a college student or a friend, or somebody who's just experiencing anxiety and they don't know how to go through this. They're trying to connect faith, science. What does God say about this? What is my role to play? You can get the journey that Rebecca went on. We call it the Healing Journey Bundle, and it includes Free Fall to Fly, You Are Free, and the Rhythms of Renewal book. Now, here's the fun part. Rebecca's going to personalize these for you. So when you go in and you shop and you get it for your daughter or your friend or your sister or or whoever you want to get them, get them for your company for, for a Christmas gift, Rebecca will go in and write their names in it and say it's to them. She'll sign it for them, and we'll get those out. But you do have to get that order in by December 12th. If you do it by December 12th, that gives us time to get those signed, get them right out to you so that you can give them away for Christmas, and we'll start doing those daily as you start to send those in. And you can learn more about all those specials. You can order any of those books. She'll personalize any of them if you fill out the form correctly at RebeccaLyons.com slash store. And if you order by December 12th, you're also getting an additional 15% off with the code HOLIDAY. And give us the address of where you want that shipped to, and it can save time. We can ship directly to the person that you're trying to gift these books to. Don't be limited by networks when it comes to choosing your healthcare provider. There's another way. Samaritan Ministries is a community of Christians who pay one another's medical bills without the use of insurance. As a member, you'll have biblical, affordable healthcare where you're free to choose your doctors, your treatments, and your hospital. Consider this, a medical emergency arises, you don't have to check with an insurance company to ask about what hospital to go to, you just go. And then after your care is received, your medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries and they'll notify members to pray and send money directly to you to help you pay those bills. And members have round-the-clock access to online resources to help locate a quality provider, price medical procedures, and chat with a medical professional before visiting the doctor, saving time and money. Healthcare freedom. Learn how it can be yours today at SamaritanMinistries.org slash RFL podcast. Now, I'm excited to introduce this conversation with Rebecca and Jeannie. Jeannie's the author of the book, Don't Miss Out, Daring to Believe Life is Better with the Holy Spirit. Let's listen in now. Jeannie, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. I'm so happy to join you. Oh, man, I cannot be more thrilled to talk about your book, Don't Miss Out, Daring to Believe Life is Better with the Holy Spirit. Um, I haven't had a 
whole lot of conversations on the podcast strictly about the Holy Spirit, but I am so thrilled for this because it is like the Holy Spirit is just the power for all the things. And yes. And while I, I think it lives and breathes and has our being and moves, it's um, sometimes we aren't even always like just giving credit where it's due. And so I'm glad mm-hmm. to have this conversation today. It came out a little bit earlier this year, and I'm just curious since it's come out, like what was the surprise um, conversations that have come out of it and um, what has been some responses that have really just like thrilled your heart? I would just love yeah. to hear a little bit of feedback of what you've received from it. You know, the same thing that surprised me when I was writing it is the same thing that has surprised me since it's come out, which is how many of us feel like we don't know a whole lot about the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. How many of us have been following Jesus for most of our life um, and yet have really neglected the presence of the Holy Spirit, have really forfeited so many of the benefits of being filled by the Holy Spirit. And what's thrilled me is watching people, listening to people say, I just, I love the Holy Spirit now Mm. because they're getting to know Him for who He really is, right? I mean, that's the point to to get to know the Holy Spirit for who He really is um, and not for who we might assume He is based on uh, maybe abuse or misuse in His name. Mm-hmm. You know, it grieves me that so many people have been hurt when things have been done in His name that are not actually of Him. Right. Um, or we just have assumptions about Him uh, based on things we've heard, things we've seen, um, you know, false teaching. And so a lot of people, like I had for many years, kind of kept them at arm's length. You know, like Francis Chan asked the question, if I have Jesus, why do I need the Holy Spirit? Hmm. Um, And as people have come to discover why they need the Holy Spirit and His distinct role in their lives, um, it's just made me so happy to watch other people experience what I experienced in writing the book. And I know you know that feeling, right? Because Mm -hmm. we we can't write out of anything that hasn't first radically changed us. Um, and so it's just been fun to have those conversations with people who are going, oh my gosh, the light bulb came on. I've discovered who he is and what he does and why it matters so much. And it's really changing my life. It's changing how I live. And it's really deepening intimacy with Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit's goal. Yes, absolutely. So you grew up in a church as um, a pastor's daughter. And was that uh, normalized in your church, like where the Holy Spirit was just encountered and and fostered and that intimacy and engagement happened naturally? It was. And that's an interesting part of my story because it was a Presbyterian church, Hmm. um, but it was a charismatic church. And so um, the gifts of the Spirit were very much celebrated and practiced. But I think the interesting thing that happened for me um, is I really put the Holy Spirit in a spiritual gifts box. Okay. And so, and I've had so many conversations with people who have had similar um, stories of, he wasn't strange to me, he wasn't foreign to me, but I really kind of put him in that box. Like the Holy Spirit is for the gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's the extent of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's kind of like the transaction piece of what you get with that, with that relationship or from that. Did you, as a child, really encounter the Spirit in a, in a way that was physically manifest so that you it was evidence like this is not just theory or idea, this is embodiment, and you knew it as a child to be real and transformative? Or was even though you did experience all those things, it still was kind of that this is the Holy Spirit box? 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It was more of a, I witnessed it. Okay. And I witnessed his activity and his presence in people, like my mom and my dad, mm-hmm. who I trusted, whose faith was alive and beautiful and, 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 you know, deeply rooted in the truth of the gospel. And so I witnessed it, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I experienced it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of, you know, a big part of my story is then, I, you know, I went off to college and I wasn't, you know, I was attending Christian churches, but um, where there was no there was no talk of the Holy Spirit. There was no teaching on the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think just because I'm wired as a striver and a perfectionist, you know, I, I went into that lane of, I've got this, mm. you know, even though with my mouth, I would say, you know, I live in the power of the Holy Spirit. The way I live my life was much more of, I live in the power of Jeannie, yeah. right? That Jesus set me free, but it was my job to keep me free. And so it was very much about relying on my own strength and I just had so many, back to your you know earlier questions, so many mind-blowing moments, like that emoji, like you're just heads like, you're just, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it really was for me as I began, when the Lord began to stir my heart to, to study the Spirit, um, and I began to do that when I began to just dig into Scripture and read books by theologians and teachers that I admire and respect. And I, I just kept thinking to myself, how have I missed all of this? Mm. Yeah. How did I miss this? How have I missed all of these benefits of of the counselor and the comforter and the strengthener and the intercessor? And um, I think one of the things that moved me the most was recognizing that even though he hadn't been on my radar for so many years, I had still been on his. Yep. Right? I love that it. Just because I wasn't acknowledging his work, being grateful for his work, didn't mean that he wasn't working. And I love that about him. Right, Mm -hmm. that he was still comforting me, he was still counseling me, he was still convicting me, Um, but I was settling for so much less than what I could have been experiencing um, and enjoying. Uh, And that changed as I began to get to know him and welcome his work and really yield to his leading in my life. It's it's a game changer. Yeah, Um, I have a similar story. Grew up, accepted Christ at five, but it was definitely still more of a. I don't want to burn in hell, and also believing that the story of Jesus was true, because there was definitely was the childlike faith attached to that. And we did talk about the Holy—well, in King James, we referred to it growing up in— The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, which is a little <laughs> creepy, you know, for, yeah, for a five-year-old totally. girl, and but also was just like Jesus was also loving and um, loved children, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't sin with like stealing the cookies. It was just, it's very interesting when you look back at like the gospel from a five-year-old lens of like, what exactly are we being saved from? Mm-hmm. But growing up in a tradition, we definitely, and we were independent fundamental Baptists. So we definitely hid his word in our heart and we grew up memory with scripture memory and it was all about the Holy Ghost. And I think I, I read a lot about the Holy Ghost and probably experienced Him without understanding that it was experiencing Him fully on some level, uh, because I would get confirmations of things, and I would kind of want to still go the road less traveled. And I was always very curious, um, but it, I, I'm with you in that it was I was older before I really started to kind of experience the fullness. And for me, it was like, I had fallen into a pit and I really needed Mm -hmm. the rescue of God. And that Mm -hmm. no longer, scripture memory was not going to be, that wasn't the catalyst for more than just like a deliverance moments of rescue me, deliver me. 
I cannot yes. do this without you. So that changed my life. Um, but I'm curious, what was the catalytic moment that where just kind of God arrested your attention with the power of the Holy Spirit? I think your story probably resonates with a lot of people because what we do is we get really comfortable reciting those seven words in Scripture in the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? Like we will recite those words in um, in creeds or in, or we'll sing those words in worship, but do we really know what it means to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. And so even though He is fully present in every believer, so many of us are not experiencing the fullness of His presence. And that's what I hear you talking about. Like, we were made to enjoy the fullness of His presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really began to happen for me um, when <laughs> it was a very simple prayer that I began to pray several years ago, which was, Lord, I just want all of you. Mm, I yeah. want all of you. I don't want to miss out on, I just, I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty for you. I love you. And I, and I, and that comes from a place of knowing how much I need him. Like, I don't want to make that sound like anything other than that's me recognizing how deeply and desperately I need the grace of God every day. Mm. Um, And I just want his presence. And what began to happen is I began to become curious about the Holy Spirit. That's the Mm -hmm. only way I know how to describe it. Like I just suddenly became curious about the Holy Spirit. Like I would look around and be like, why am I curious about Him right now? Like what is happening? Why am I seeing His name in Scripture in places where I had just completely glossed over it before? Why am I deeply curious about the work of the Holy Spirit? And I knew that was God's answer to my prayer, me saying, I want all of you, right? I mean, because so many of us are not experiencing all of God, yeah. Um, we talk about God the Father, we talk about God the Son, um, but we neglect God the Holy Spirit. And even though they are inseparable and they work inseparably, the Holy Spirit was sent by the Father to do very specific, beautiful, supernatural work in our lives. Yes. And we're settling for so much less than what He wants to do in us and through us for the glory of the Father. Yes, yes. And there was one specific moment for me where I was reading through John 14 through 16 and just read it over and over again, just kind of basking in what Jesus said about the person of the Holy Spirit. Right. And it blew my mind that I don't know how many times I've read the Gospel of John growing up in the church, and somehow I never noticed where Jesus, nor nor heard any teaching on where Jesus said to the disciples as He was preparing them for His ascension— It is better for you that I go back to the Father Hmm. so that the Holy Spirit will come. Uh, In other translations, it reads, it is for your good and it is to your advantage. So Jesus is saying it is to your advantage. It is for your good that I go back to the Father because if I don't go, He won't come. But if I do go, He will come. And we know from Scripture that the the disciples were full of sorrow because they didn't understand how anything could be better than his physical presence, right? right, And that resonates with me. Like I would give anything to have Jesus sitting next to me. And yet, you know, Jesus was saying to them, you know, there's there's so much more. I can't tell you all of it now, but basically what he was teaching them is, but you're now you're reliant on my physical presence, but soon I will be in you. My spirit will take up residence inside of you. So you'll no longer be dependent on my physical presence, now the Spirit of Christ will dwell in you and give you every 
everything you need to live a godly life and to spread the gospel. Um, and they just didn't know what was coming, right? Right. And and that changed so much for me because if Jesus said it is to my advantage, it is for my good mm. that He sends the Holy Spirit, then I need to know why. Why is it for my good? And, the, and then this one I went on to discover benefit after benefit after benefit of being filled with the Holy Spirit when we put our trust in Jesus. Yes. Um, and it just blew my mind how, you know, how, <laughs> what a what a crucial, essential role the Holy Spirit plays in a flourishing faith. Yeah. Right? When yeah. we when we feel like our faith is dry and it's dull, or are we worried that God's disappointed in us or or we get discouraged? No, these are all things that the Holy Spirit impacts, right? Mm-hmm. He brings intimacy. He he assures us of our adoption. He he um he he makes Jesus beautiful to us. Yeah. And so there's just there's just endless benefits to really embracing God's personal presence inside of us. I love that. Um, so I have a question here. What are the five things that you in your book talk about that we should know about the Holy Spirit? Hmm. So yeah, those are the first five chapters. So the book is 30 short chapters. Um, each one is a benefit of having the Holy Spirit. Um, so the first one is actually what we just talked about, that He is for our good. Because mm-hmm. I think that addresses the fact that so many of us are afraid of the Holy Spirit, right? We assume He's either for the super spiritual or the super strange. Mm-hmm. And the other Sorry. one is that He's a gift to all Christians. So I think there's this misconception that... We have to reach a certain level in our walk with Christ, or we have to attain a certain level of theology in order to enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. I think one of the things that's really very much missing from our conversation, um, you know, in, in the salvation narrative, we talk about when you put your trust in Jesus, you are given the gift of eternal life, right? It's a yeah. free gift of grace. And that's beautiful and that's everything. But what we're not talking about is that something else really radical and unbelievable happens in that moment, right? When we put our trust in Jesus, not only are we given (laughs) eternal life, but we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit in that moment. So if you're listening and you're in our conversation today and you're wondering, do I have the Holy Spirit? Well, if you have put your trust in Jesus, God has put His Spirit in you. Yeah, that's And that's amazing. So I love that um, in John in John twelve through seventeen, I call that the great commencement speech of Jesus. It's where he's about to leave them and about to go. It's like the end in the beginning, and um, I love where he says, um, "The Spirit will remind you and prompt you of everything I've ever said." Mm-hmm. Um, you have a chapter in here, um, it's chapter seventeen. He communicates through us. Um, I think there's a, sometimes a lot of question marks on hearing from God or. Um, what does that look like? Could you um, unpack that a little bit of like how the Spirit prompts you in that intimacy and communion um, when you when you ask questions and you need direction and you need counsel? Like He is the counselor, he, the he advocate, the, counselor. the comforter. But how how does that just for somebody listening is like I don't know how to engage this this way? Um, what would you say to them? I think one of the most important things we have to do is recognize that the Holy Spirit will never speak anything that's not in alignment with the Word of God. Right. Right. I mean, for me, that's the litmus test, right? We have to always test what we uh, sense the Holy Spirit says with what the Word of God says. 
Yeah, um, so good. He, he authored the Bible. He illuminates the Bible. He's an incredible Bible teacher. And so when I'm sensing something, um, you know, is this in alignment with the Word of God? And the other thing is, does this glorify Jesus? Yeah. Right? Because as Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will glorify me. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm being, if I'm feeling a nudge to say something that, that doesn't hold both love and truth— probably not the Holy Spirit prompting me. Right. Right? Yep. So some people who are hearing this and they're, this still kind of sounds like a foreign language. Maybe they've grown up in a church and haven't really been versed in it. Um, when you when you think about loneliness, for example, like because I, I just love talking about how the Holy Spirit comforts and advocates on our behalf and guides and directs. And, and so let's talk about an everyday struggle, like loneliness as an epidemic in America. Um, mm-hmm. How does the Holy Spirit make you feel less lonely? What does that solitude and that nearness do to combat loneliness for somebody who might be hearing this and struggles with that? Yeah, I think we need to recognize that the Holy Spirit is a divine person. I think mm-hmm. that's a really important starting place because often he is reduced to an it yeah, or a symbol, you know, one of those, you know, one of the beautiful symbols by which he's represented in scripture, wire, water, fire, wind. Um, I read an article recently that said that 62% of uh, Christians who would call themselves evangelical Christians uh, would say that the Holy Spirit is symbolic and not real. Mm. And so if we don't realize that He is a divine person with the most dynamic personality, right? That the Holy Spirit has a mind, He has a will, and He has emotions. Mm. And so when we know that, and then we realize the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. He has a mind, He has a will, He has emotions, and I can communicate with Him. Mm. I can be comforted by Him. He can counsel me through Scripture and through conviction. Then that's a very real sense of uh, comfort um, and and source of comfort in our loneliness, right? Yes. When we just feel like I'm completely alone uh, and God says, no, my personal presence lives inside of you and let me tell you all the things I gave him to you to do. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Uh, and it's it's solitude, right? Solitude is very different. Solitude is like you are in communion. And I think this the Holy Spirit came so powerful to me when it really was about this abiding life. It was just this kind of tethering and grafting into the vine mm-hmm. of, of just like, let's Let's hang out. Let's spend a lot of time together. <laughs> Let's get yeah. to know each other. I'm just curious what it means to you to live. We talk about a lot about a supernatural life, and that's like living in a different way than the world. And so what does that look like for you? Um, you call it super overnatural life. What does that look like? I think about when Paul wrote, you know, to him who is able to do imaginably more than we could ever ask or imagine through the power that is at work within us. And the power that is at work within us is the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, And so that's super over... I mean, really the whole Christian life, Rebecca, as you know, it is supernatural, Yes. right? I mean, Mm -hmm. there's no part of the Christian life from God becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And just the whole life of the Christian is supernatural. And so we we get invited into experiencing what is only possible through the power of God. I mean, isn't that the best life? Yes. Right, that we get to walk in the power of God. And and if we don't engage His help, we'll never know the extent of His power. Mm. People who talk a lot about self-help, and it kind of feels like it's very much 
we are mustering that power. We're trying, we're trying to do all these things. And you, you referenced it earlier in the podcast where you said we we want the Holy Spirit to help us be set free, but we we still put it in our power to stay free. So mm-hmm. how would you talk about the, about the juxtaposition of self-help versus a spirit-powered life? I mean, those those are definitely two different things. One person is doing the help in one side and something different is doing the help in the other side. What does that translate for you? Yeah, that the spirit help is so much greater than self-help. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think the best self-help strategy is admitting how much the self needs the spirit. Yeah. For authentic, lasting, radical change. Because we can we can affect change in our lives, but we can only get ourselves so far if we're being honest, right? And it's never as far as we want to go. And and we've been freed from the pressure to be our own savior. We've been freed from the pressure to fix ourselves um, because that's what God has given us the Holy Spirit to do, to sanctify us, to make us look more like Him. And so I just think we're settling for a whole lot less than um, <laughs> than what the Spirit can do in our lives when we when we try to go at it ourselves, when we function uh, in that place of self-help instead of relying on the helper, uh, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'd love it. Um, when I think about people who've really come to know that and awaken to that and experience that fullness, there is still an ability for the Spirit to be quenched, where you have a season where you just feel like you're on fire and God is just so evident in everything you're doing and is um, truly at the helm. And then there might be seasons where you just feel like that's faded or that 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 flame has grown dim. Um, talk about why and how the Spirit is quenched. And if somebody's listening who's feeling that, um, another way to consider that. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because I have I have experienced that even in the writing after the writing. Um, you know, I have experienced that sense of really feeling His presence uh, and then also feeling like, oh, I'm trying to like take the reins again and I am I am quenching the Spirit. I think about, not only did Paul write about not quenching the Spirit, but he also writes about fanning into flame. So it's this very intentional act of uh, paying attention to, uh, not neglecting, not yielding, right? When we don't yield to the Holy Spirit, we quench His work in our lives. He doesn't leave. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about the Holy Spirit, that we can quench Him and we can grieve Him, but we can never lose Him. Wow. So good. And and I love that. Yeah. When you say fanning into flame, what are some very practical ways that you do that, that they could just go, I want that. I feel that fade. (laughs) I feel that something growing dim. And yet I, I have tasted and seen, I've I've seen the power of God resurrect my life and my relationships and my joy and all of those those gifts. But maybe this season has been a hard one and it feels like hard fought. And maybe for some who are feeling discouraged, what are some just real beautiful ways that you have found that you can maintain a fanning into flame? Hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is just thinking about what Jesus said when He said, um, if you as parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Hmm. Um, And so it's just a reminder for me on a daily basis to ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to, to refresh me, to fill me afresh. To, um, to remind me of His presence, to bring deeper intimacy. I think sometimes we just neglect to ask, yeah. and it's a beautiful invitation. Um, and then I would say, you know, a big part, at least for me personally, is really taking inventory about whether I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit. 
Mm. Right? Am I am I uh, following those nudges, those convictions, those things that he does to help me stay in step with yeah. him? Yeah. So if he feels far away, it's usually on me, not on him. Yeah. You know? no, it's <laughs> and then good. the word of God, it's, it's always back to the word of God. We will encounter the spirit uh, in the word of God. Um, I'm curious when you, um, I love that you use the word yielding, right? Like that, that we really do. It's, it's on us if we want to, if we want to yield <laughs> yeah. or we just want to barrel through. And what do you think it is that tempts us to take that back on ourselves? Uh, I know for me, it's just the flesh. It's that battle that uh, Paul writes about in Galatians 5, right? Where he says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, and then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. And he goes on to acknowledge that there's this constant battle in our lives, right? The Spirit and the flesh. And which way am I leaning? Which mm-hmm. way am I going? Am I am I letting the Spirit lead in control, or am I leaning into the flesh and, and neglecting the power of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, um, what do you think it is that tempts us to kind of go towards the flesh? Like if somebody's like, I don't even know that I am being tempted by the flesh. I mean, how would someone know that like I'm actually indulging the flesh in this particular way? How would they be able to identify that in contrast to what the Spirit would invite them toward? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm so glad you asked that because I think sometimes I can we can use words that, you know, need to to let, you know, it hits differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's when I know that I am uh, intentionally choosing a path or, you know, a, a way of life or just a decision that is uh, not in alignment with God's best for me. Mm. Uh, so this, I can feel that nudge, that conviction saying, you know, Jeannie, don't say that thing. Don't look at that thing. Don't buy that thing or, or do this thing or pray that thing. Um, and I resist. There's a resistance right? Mm. And so do I stay in that resistance or do I follow the nudge of the Spirit who wants to produce the fruit of the Spirit in my life, which does happen, but I have to yield. I have to participate in His work in my life. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I think a lot of people aren't even necessarily conscious of chasing the flesh, because you're right, that is definitely a church word. And um, I think what the world might call that is like coping mechanisms and things that just make it not hurt so bad or yeah. um, make life not feel so hard. And they give you the kind of that little in- dose of dopamine or instant gratification. But sometimes in the end, it still leaves us lacking and and, and more of want than than we ever have been. And, and mm-hmm. so um, for those of you who are listening, I would just so encourage you to get this book because this truly is about getting back in step if you have been and you're out of step or maybe you haven't ever been, um, Jeannie does such a beautiful job of just like distilling this down because the Holy Spirit, if you haven't had um, an upbringing in it, it kind of just feels foreign and that's okay um, because the Holy Spirit is so kind. And I know from my own personal journey when I just said, God, I don't want to miss anything that you have, even if it's a mystery to me right now, like I want to be open, wide open, hand hands wide open to whatever it is you have. I think the Lord does surprise and delight us in really unexpected, powerful ways um, but it does come back to going, how do we stay in that right relationship of just yielding? And so thank you, Jeannie, for for sharing how to do that and giving us practical tools on that and then writing this beautiful book that I would highly, highly recommend that the listeners grab because I do think it will help unpack things and questions that you might just 
be embarrassed to ask sometimes, right? You just don't want to be the one asking the quote unquote question that everyone has an answer for. Um, But there's nothing like that here. This is going to be a useful tool. So thank you so much, Jeannie, for writing this and for being on today's podcast. Thank you for having me. I hope that was encouraging for you guys. It was definitely that for me. Well, I think it gets us back to the basics here, which is we have these conversations about how to live in rhythm, all the things we can do, but we never can take away the power of the Holy Spirit and walking with the Spirit and the way the Spirit wants to come and be our comforter. I mean, that's what Scripture obviously reminds us of, but sometimes we can lose sight of that. So I love that that's what we're emphasizing this week. And the fact that the Holy Spirit is also our counselor, that He actually gives us good counsel when we need discernment, when we are seeing something in a way that feels hard or dark or despairing, He'll just say, give me wisdom, give me wisdom from above and counsel to see this in a different perspective. And so we're praying for that for each of you as you approach Advent this year. We know this is not an easy year for a lot of people, but we are trusting that the God of hope will fill us with peace like we talked about earlier. And so just a reminder, if you want to get those personalized books and any of the gifts at rebeccalliance.com slash store, you can use the code HOLIDAY and you'll get 15% off. And we hope you have a wonderful week.